Ladies and gents, Florida Man Sports is back. Woo-hoo. Johnny and Chris here for your listening pleasure, and here's what's on today's episode. The NFL Hall of Fame finalist list is out. We'll go over the guaranteed shoe-ins for this NFL class of 2024. We go over last week's games and picks. You are not going to want to miss who went 11-4. We'll look to the week ahead, get you ready for the games that matter most in the NFL. We put a bow on the NFL with our MVP picks. Johnny and I make our arguments and you decide who will be this year's MVP. In fantasy football, as the season comes to a close, now more than ever, the waiver wire picks that you are going to need for your team is on the way. We close the show with one of the most exciting weeks of NBA basketball. We go over Orlando, Miami, and the wild, wild west. Don't miss this show, people. This is Florida Man Sports. All right, Johnny, let's get it started. And to break down the Hall of Fame, folks, the 28 semifinalists are going to be reduced to 15. Final voting in January, the 15 finalists to 10. At the end of the line, as you know, Johnny, four and up to eight can make the final list. Let's get it started. Let's go back and forth here. Let's give them, let's give the guaranteed four that are going to make the Hall of Fame. Man, you're going to jump right into it. You're not even going to ask me about my Thanksgiving you're not even going to, just a rude I was person, there. rude, rude person that you are. <laughs> so I'm going to make a serious effort to not yell. Because apparently, according to um, one of our listeners, uh, went over me that that I tend to yell a little bit too much. You remember and, that? That was like five days ago. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it cut me deep. And, uh, and I was yelling. that I yelled um, too much. This person forgets. That I'm Dominican, one. Uh, two, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And if you've been to a Pentecostal church, if you haven't been, make sure you bring earplugs. It's not disrespectful. You'll hear everything just fine because they're very loud. And it's just how it is. So I will make this attempt. I cannot promise anything, but uh, um, I still. And I'm, I'll make sure to get you going. So no okay. worries. <laughs> yeah. Who do you, who's your first up in the Hall of Fame? Uh, uh, my first... You know, we have a number of good players and right over the list, and we both did. Absolutely. But um, one name that's it's a definite for me is uh, Devin Hester, the University of Miami alum, mm. the greatest kick returner, special teams player of all time. Nobody cares about special teams until a guy like this is on your team. He made the Chicago Bears good. That alone gets you in the Hall of Fame. That team <laughs> was led by Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. That trash went to the Super Bowl, and Devin Hester was a big reason why. Returned to kickoff for a touchdown in the biggest game of his life. Talk about being clutch. And off, he had 14 punt return touchdowns, five kickoff return touchdowns, both NFL records. The greatest special teams player of all time, Devin Hester, is a must into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Let me ask you a question about Devin Hester. I'm not saying that he should or shouldn't be there. Did he win a Super Bowl? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, the he re- played for the Bears and then the Falcons, so that should tell you that per- now. Perfectly fine. The reason why I bring that up is because for me, I've got Tiki Barber. Right? See, I, I just had to use that against you. I already knew you were going to say no Super Bowl. Oh no, I, I'm, Tiki I'm really, Barber. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Sure, okay. go ahead. So Barber finished his career with 2,217 carries for 10,449 yards. He is one of only three other running backs 
in the 10K club with as many receiving yards, 5,000 plus receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. The the career reminds me a lot, but I'm going to save it because I know you probably don't like my pick, Johnny, but it reminds me a lot of Barry Sanders in that. It, hold on. Oh, hold I'm on. Oh, on. I'm sorry. On, I'm, sorry on. Actually, I'm sorry. I knew. But listen, in the sense of in the sense of he only played 10 years. He ended his career at the top of his game when he could have kept playing. And the only thing that keeps this guy out of the Hall of Fame discussion, Johnny, Mm -hmm. is not the fact that he didn't win any rings. It's all the controversy that followed after he retired, which I think is ludicrous. So for me, it's Tiki Barber. Have you lost your mind? (laughs) How dare you mention Tiki Barber and Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. What makes him the greatest? Okay. If you've seen him play, because people want to go ahead and lash out, uh, they they want to bring up certain things. Emmett Smith is the is a Russian champion. He is the most yards in the history of NFL. That doesn't automatically make you the greatest, and it's not. He had an amazing offensive line, and he did well. Barry Sanders never had an offensive line. He played for the Detroit Lions his entire career. Rushed for two thousand yards one year. One he year. Would okay. That's 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 yeah. not a normal thing. He still no. averaged well over fourteen hundred yards per season. This guy was an animal. And if you've seen him play, I love when people talk about players. It's a very much like LeBron Jordan a conversation towards like, oh, LeBron has the most points. Yeah, he's played the most years healthy. Congratulations. Barry Sanders retired. Uh, um, uh, young, but I want to get into a holding with Barry Sanders. So, so did we're talking Tiki. about we're talking about Tiki Barber, right. and so so to your point. So, so no, I, I I went on a tangent because you mentioned Barry Sanders. I know I got you, you going, got but, me upset. But, but to your but to your point, Johnny, this is what I'm trying to say too: is Barry Sanders had 800 more attempts, 800 mm-hmm. more attempts. Yep. And in comparison, I did the math, averaging for his career 4.7 yards, he'd have about 14,000. Barry Sanders has 15,000. Mm-hmm. So statistically speaking, very similar careers did not win a championship except for, and this is why I say that he belongs in the Hall of Fame, Johnny. He's in the 5K club receiving where Barry Sanders was at 2,900 yards. Did, did he win a, a championship? No. T- 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 yeah, he didn't win champions. So I no, bring neither it. did Barry Sanders. And it, I know, but I'm, I'm talking neither about... Neither did Devin Hester. You had brought that up with Devin Hester as a negative, then you bring up a guy that was that my, didn't I was win trying to cement that to make my point. Tiki, that, that your point yeah. was horribly made. Because Tiki Barber played 10 seasons. He had a little over 10,000 yards. He had one great year in 2005 with 1,800 yards, but he averaged 1,000 yards a season. I, I love how you discredit a guy. So, I, so I, let's, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to do that. 2002, 1,387 yards. Okay. 2003, 1,200 yards. 2004, 1,500 yards. 2005, 1,800 yards. Thank you. Thank 2006, you for, thank, 1,600 thank, thank yards you retired at one, the top. One, Mic drop. No, you didn't do anything. Mic drop. 1,200 yards is not a great Mike. year as a, as, a, as a running back. It's a good year. He had one great year. 1,860 yards with nine touchdowns in 2005 was a great year for Tiki Barber. This isn't the Hall of Good. This is the Hall of Fame. This is I the best that. of the I best. That. I love that. Okay? And the, be- the best stat of his entire career is his 32 fumbles. He had 32 fumbles and retired right before the Giants won the their Super Bowl. Congratulations, career, Tiki. The best stat of his career is that he is one of only two, and with him now, excuse me, it's three, Marcus Allen, Marshall Falk, and the 10K, 5K club, by the way, both of them already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, congr- Mike drop. congratulations. Who's the second person you got? Uh, I, honestly, um... If we took a shot for every time Chris says mic drop, 
obliterating drunks. Well, let's uh, just forget it. It's there's more. There's more coming. It's ridiculous. There's more coming. Yeah, let's get the guy who ranks 27th all time and never won a Russian uh, uh, title. Let's get him into the Hall of Fame immediately. Get get it lost your mind. Second Tiki try, Tiki Barber. Second try, but try again. Okay, the obvious. I gave you a let off with the great Devin Hester, the greatest special teams player of all time. So that's obvious why he's getting there. Another obvious one here for me is Antonio Gates, the great, great San Diego Charger tight end. Hmm. 955 receptions, 11,800 yards receiving, 116 touchdowns, 16 years in the NFL, unfortunately, with the Chargers. Top five in every tight end stat. This is a no-brainer. Antonio Gates, one of the best to ever do it. Didn't even play football until he was in high school. It was he was it was a basketball player, and then comes in here and goes to a team that I still don't understand. The Chargers have had this issue to where they have great players and they should win titles, and they don't because they have terrible coaching. That's another that's later on the show. But Antonio Gates, one of the best tight ends of all time. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I might give Antonio Gates all the credit in the world. In fact, uh, I love the stat we just said. So he didn't start playing football till when? High school. Till high school. Was he drafted? No. Oh, well, it's funny that you say that, Johnny, because my pick that I have, my other guy for the Hall of Fame, was a guy who was not drafted either, who okay. played football late in his in his lifetime, and that's James Harrison. He was undrafted in the NFL, two years in practice squad, cut three different times. And this guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. There's just no question. You've got a two-time Super Bowl champion, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, two-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. And as far as the stats goes, 84 and a half sacks, 811 tackles, 34 and a half forced fumbles. There's no doubt his career, if you are like an up-and-coming athlete in high school right now, is one that you can look at. Drama aside, I know he's got legal troubles, but looking at the career of perseverance of somebody who says, hey, I'm going to go and go and go and do everything I can to make it, it's James Harrison for me. Um, yeah, I, I can argue that because James Harrison is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's 100% Hall of Famer. Is he a guaranteed in this class? He no. should be. He can, he can wait. He played 15 seasons, and all but three seasons, he had single-digit sack totals. Pittsburgh fans will try to convince you that he was Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, but Stewart fans are the most annoying self-absorbed fans in the world. <laughs> so, yes, while James Harrison is a Hall of Famer, he's not a first ballot. He can wait a little bit. His highlights are twofold. That 99-yard interception for a touchdown against Kurt Warner and the Cards in the Super Bowl, outstanding. But really, his greatest achievement was when he had gotten released from the Steelers in his final year... And he goes and plays his final game in a New England Patriot uh, uh, jersey. Leave it to Johnny. That was the, leave that it was to Johnny the highlight to find a way to career. plug a Patriot highlight team. Highlight of his career. Jesus. Well done. Harrison. I regret picking. I regret. Well I regret picking him just because. Maybe because he said. wore that Patriot jersey. Oh, oh not Maybe right now you don't need to wait. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Who's, who do you got? Who's your third guy? All right. So obviously I gave you two bangers. With Antonio Gates. <laughs> Two bangers? Okay. okay. And, and, and Devin Hester. Okay. Here comes the third. Okay. Reggie Wayne. Another University of Miami alum. One of arguably the best wide receiver duos of all time alongside already Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison. It only makes sense to induct the other half of the duo. 14-year vet, all with the Colts. 
82 touchdowns, over 14,000 yards receiving, over 1,000 receptions. This Super Bowl winning receiver was one of the best of his era, and it's an obvious no-brainer, Reggie Wayne. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, I, I don't really have anything negative to say about that team, that era that he was in with Peyton Manning, right? Yep. Did he win one or two championships? I can't remember. It was just the one. Just with the one? Peyton, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, uh, I can't say Tiki Barber and not say Eddie George in the same sentence. So we have another running back who played nine seasons but was so impactful that his name belongs in Canton. You got a 10K club rusher, 86 touchdowns in the regular season, uh, you know, th- you're talking about a workhorse who never missed a game during the regular season, of course, until the last year that he played with Dallas for the, those handful of games. But this is a guy who got to see the Houston uh, tight, the Oilers, excuse me, then there were the Tennessee Titans, and he transitioned with that team. He had the most carries in 2000 at 403 carries, 1,500 yards. Uh, again, just he's already a Hall of Famer in Tennessee. He's a Hall of Famer in college. He deserves to be in Canton. Listen... Maybe in 10 years. Maybe he has like the no, old-timer things there. Eddie I George, I saw him play an outstanding back. And that's the difference of, for me. Like, like the Hall of Very Good, he deserved 100% to his, his number retired by the Titans. You know, because, yes, they were the Tennessee Oilers. I mean, Houston Oilers, the yep. Tennessee Oilers, yep. and became the Titans. So it makes sense for them. He was outstanding. Went to the Super Bowl with Air McNair and came that close to winning. But... Eddie George, for me, is not much better than Mike Allstott was for it, the, for the that, Bucks. That's a horrible comparison, and Mike, I'm a, di- a diehard die Buccaneer power, fan. No. power backs. No. Eddie George was consistent. He didn't get injured a lot. That's why he played so many with, with the yep. Titans. He was consistent. And I give you props for being consistent and showing up because uh, 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 half of your ability is your availability. Sure. But let's, let's make something clear. He, he is very good. Is he a Hall of Famer? He's, he never well, led let, the league let's in rushing. Make something clear then, Johnny. He, he was it was outstanding, outstanding back. But Hall of Fame is Hall of Fame. This isn't like, hey, you were really good. Yeah, no. you were really good. Let, let's make something really clear. The, the, these guys, for them to be in the semifinal list, it's not because you said they're really good. It's because they're all great. So this is an argument of a bunch of great players. And here's what I will tell you, and, and this is this is the facts that when you don't watch a team play regularly, that you have to kind of like keep an eye on when you're talking about the Hall of Fame. As of 2017, this has changed a little bit. Eddie George held 28 Titan franchise records. Yeah, you said the key key word there. 2017. Okay, so let's say it's 20 at this point. It's still an incredible, incredible feat. You're missing my point. You you made my argument for me by saying he holds all these records for the Titans. No. So if you're holding all the records for a singular team, then you should be your your name, your number, everything should be talking about that team. How many NFL records? A a team that had Johnson at running back. A team that has King Henry at running back. Are you kidding me, man? Uh, Okay, afterward, these are the backs that came after him. Come on, man. uh, uh, Chris Johnson actually then uh, eclipsed two thousand yards. You know that's the number that every back strives to go ahead and hit two thousand yards, and he hit it. Um, Eddie George did it. I mean, Eddie, uh, George didn't Thank do you. it. Yeah, Eddie George. Yeah. <laughs> so so he, he, he he did not. Um, so who's your fourth guy? <laughs> so what did did he have a Russian title? Anything else? No, he was very good and reliable back. Um, not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Jared Allen, the four-time first team All Pro and one of the most relentless pass rushers in NFL history. Twelfth in the all-time sack list. This is his third year of eligibility. 
You know, so I wouldn't argue with this guy towards his first year. This is the third year. Right. So it's time for the Cowboy Viking to get his gold jacket. I always like these late-round guys from obscure schools who grind it out and, and really make a Hall of Fame career. And Jared Allen is that guy. I enjoyed watching him in his career. He was relentless, and he's earned this gold jacket. Yeah, unlike you, I won't argue that these Hall of Fame finalists are okay or mediocre. I, I think he should have been there last year. So the fact that it's his third try, uh, hopefully he gets in. I'm a big Allen fan. Uh, my fourth pick, i got to go with a linebacker here, another linebacker in London, Fletcher. He made four Pro Bowls during his time with the Redskins tenure. He won a Super Bowl title with the Rams, Super Bowl 34. London Fletcher, when you talk about consistency, folks, this guy never missed a game. Uh, one of the most consistent linebackers in history. Never had less than 63 tackles in any season other than his rookie year. He was underappreciated in his career. I pulled up this stat about him. He had a league-leading 166 tackles in 2011. In 2012, he was gonna he was on track to do the same thing, and he didn't even make a Pro Bowl. That just shows you sometimes how people don't appreciate talent uh, for what it is. Story of my life. But that's <laughs> but that's exactly what this was here. And so for me, uh, London Fletcher, he should be a shoe in this year. Again, consistency: 2,032 tackles, 1379 solos. Um, and I mean, overall, when you look at the, he had almost two careers. He had like 10 seasons in Buffalo and another nine in Washington and Washington retired his Jersey. Uh, he's in the ring of honor there. You see a trend in my hall of fame picks. They all have the same type of structure and, and he's got a super bowl ring to boot. Yeah. This is your one pick that actually makes sense. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Uh, everything else was kind now, of like, all now, right, so now it makes sense. Here. Okay. It's just too bad when a player of this caliber gets picked up by a terrible franchise. You see what happens here. He, he played for the, the Redskins at the time to watch the Redskins, and he mentions the Rams later, but really the Redskins there. This guy was second in tackles all time behind Ray Lewis. Like he And, and many other uh, stats, he was second behind Ray Lewis. This guy was an animal, and if you're not really paying attention to NFL, you probably never heard of him. This guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He should be 100%. And most people, London Fletcher, you have to kind of look him up and try to figure it out. You know, so you're welcome. You, you, you picked all the regular names. It's, you're welcome. Un, it's unfortunate that, uh, um, uh, and we see here, like it's not all marketing and things like that. But I'm just talking about an obscure, bad ownership with Dan Snyder's finally out of the, the Washington organization. Right. But when you're part of a bad organization, you can produce so well, and the average NFL player has never heard of you. <laughs> okay, Chris, let's let's get into the week that we just experienced in the NFL. Let's go. You know, we've talked about the Hall of Fame class is outstanding, great. But let's start with our Jacksonville Jaguars, who took on the Houston Texans. The Jaguars, they, they won a close game, even though you picked them to lose. What happened here, Chris? Well, what happened, Johnny, is first, I said this would be game of the week. And I think I was right. It delivered. I'll start with Houston since they lost. They, the loss snaps a three-game win streak. You got to give credit to C.J. Stroud, 304 passing yards. 3,260 yards, passes Justin Herbert for most yards by a rookie in 11 games. He also becomes the first rookie in NFL history to throw for 300-plus freaking yards in four consecutive games. Uh, but for Houston, this game will go down as the missed field goal by Matt Amendola. The Texans had a chance to cut the lead with 25 seconds left in the first half, but Amendola's 49-yard attempt was wide right. 
And of course, folks, as we saw the game, the nail in the coffin, the 58-yard field goal attempt bounced off the crossbar with 34 seconds left. So they were in it. I mean, that's why I picked, uh, to your point, Johnny, that's why I picked Houston to win this. It was a close game, and I was right about that. For the Jaguars, they avenged their 37-17 home loss uh, to Houston in Week 3. They created some separation atop of the division. That's going to be a very big deal as the season goes forward. And they also improved to 6-0 and uh, and record away from home, including the two wins that they had in London. I want to give credit to Calvin Ridley, back-to-back games with at least one touchdown. And Lawrence has this offense running on all cylinders. 445 total yards of offense, 22 first downs. They've now created some space and have a two-game lead control on this division. I speak for all Jag fans, Johnny, out here when I say thank God that the ball bounced off the darn crossbars. End of the game. No. Oh, yeah. I like when Chris tries to go ahead and be like, hey, I told you guys it was going to be a close game. I told you. All that matters is that he picked the wrong damn team to win. And he picked against. I'm fair, but I'm firm. The Jags. (laughs) But what happened here is pretty simple. Uh, The Jaguars are just a better team. Trevor Lawrence throws for 364 yards, a touchdown. Jags rush for 81 yards as a team. And they control the time of possession, 34 to 26 minutes. And they won a hard-fought battle. Houston almost made that comeback. You talk about that game-winning, the game-tying field goal at the end of regulation. That kid had never even hit a 50-yarder. Then they asked him to hit a 58-yarder. An extra half yard, he would have had it. It was a tough game for Jacksonville. And a win needed to prove their grit because they always have to prove the doubters like Chris wrong. If they are like for me, real. like oh, me. <laughs> yeah, the doubters like Chris, who picked against them, to, who said they're going to lose against this team. Okay, they won the close games. They proved you wrong. They are contenders. Now, before the season started, I already told you I had them only losing four games all year. So they're eight and three right now. I see them maybe losing one more game, and they are well on their way to the divisional championship that I called back in July. You're welcome. See, stealing my line. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Yacht Boys versus the Indianapolis Colts. What happened here, Chris? I'm not going to give you any play-by-play or highlights like I did no. with the Jags. I'm not going to do that. No? No, no, because ultimately, Buck fans, you guys know what really, what the truth is here. What's the truth? Uh, we have another missed opportunity. We've got another injury-filled week where five defensive guys were hurt. Oh, that's the one. We've got a, a game. Uh, no, listen, we lost the game. We had a game where the Colts come up with six sacks. Um, none more crucial than the fourth. I feel like it's another like deja vu, another game that we're trying to play from behind in the fourth quarter, and we come up short. Frankly, I'm sick of it. This is going to go down as another missed opportunity because it's a game that we should have won. Uh, it's just another close buck loss. So now here's the good news because I always like to look forward. There's good news. There is okay. the Bucks. Six games left. They do have a path to winning the division. It's to win five of the next six games. You play the Panthers twice. The Falcons once, the Saints once. So, Buck fans, that's they, we really do control our own destiny. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We also play the Jaguars and the Packers, and we'd have to win one of those games. But, but again, just for this game, Johnny, for me, just another missed opportunity. We should have won this game. Let me make one thing clear. Uh, the Tampa Bay Yacht Boys do not need to win five of the next six games. They play in the NFC South. You don't need to go ahead and go through all that. Every single one of your teams is now has a losing record. So, no. Who knows who's going to win this division? I say the Saints, like I mentioned preseason. But right now, Chris, 
The Yacht Boys faced off against this Colts team. Now, I had this team losing, but surely I know you did not have this team losing. I mean, they're facing a mediocre team that lost its starting quarterback weeks ago. They're starting a career backup in Menchu. And, of course, you didn't pick the Yacht Boys to lose. So no, I mean, no, no, I, I did. I picked the I picked the Colts oh, to win. I picked yeah, the Colts to win. I, I just wanted to say it again out loud. I so, hate you so, so much. So, I hate you so, so much. So thank you for I walking you right so into that. That there. was good. That was good. Oh, so, um, <laughs> so here the Yacht Boys just got outplayed. They gave up 155 yards rushing. They lost the time of possession battle. The team is exactly who I thought they were in preseason before they fooled Tampa fans into thinking they were a decent winning team. They won the first three games. They fooled you guys. Since then, I've been one and six. I'm glad Chris finally came to his senses and realized that the boys are, are not very good, and he did pick them to lose, just like he has admitted. And, 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 and I added he, that I just also ducked, said that we're going to win five out of six. It, he put his head down. Yeah, okay. He's in shame. Okay, I said, a, he's, he's, <laughs> okay Chris. The Miami Dolphins, they took on the Jersey Jets. This was a you know pretty much a one-sided game. What are your thoughts? I mean, it, uh, it's a good win for the Dolphins. That's really all I have to say about this game. Uh, Tua threw, he was intercepted twice, I believe. One return for a score. Uh, seven sacks, eight tackles for a loss for the, for the Dolphin defense. So that's why they kind of cruise in this one. Uh, the, the, win finally, the win gives them a 500 away record. And that's why I'm not like celebrating so high. They, they beat the Jets. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Jets. But now they're finally a 500 team on the road. And I expected them to win. I think you did too. So good win for the Dolphins and good to finally be at 500. Yeah. I mean. Um, not really much to say, you know. The, the, they play the Jets. Okay. So Miami dominates this game. Big surprise. Uh, big game by Tyreek Hill. Tua didn't have to do much. He didn't have his best game. But he didn't need to have his best game. As the Russian attack was solid. It was a good defense. We all knew the Dolphins were going to win this game. Yeah. Um, you know that the Jersey Jets season was over about two minutes into game one into the season. So I want to talk a little bit about Tim Boyle. The Tim Boyle era. Now we saw with Zach Wilson era, they come to an end. And uh, they turned it over to this kid named Tim Boyle. I mean, this kid looked exactly like Zach Wilson in this game, <laughs> if not worse. I didn't understand what I was looking at, so I had to kind of dive into the figures and find out why these Jet scouts and the GM chose this guy. I mean, Zach Wilson was a bust out of BYU. They picked him over some premier talent. But okay, Tim Boyle, where'd you find this guy? Now, everybody knows that a top five pick is going to be projected to be good, so maybe they found a diamond in the rough. Maybe this is the next Purdy you know, maybe this is something like Montana or Brady who are chosen late in the draft. Maybe this is it. This kid, out of UConn. So let's look into it a little bit, and maybe you have some answers for me, Chris. To be fair, the Jets didn't draft him. He was signed as an undrafted player by the Packers in Detroit, Chicago, then signed with the Jets. Now, Chris, Division One guy, mm-hmm. UConn. Okay. Known for their basketball, but still Division One program. Yeah. He spent three years as their quarterback. He played 19 games. Okay, Chris, Division One guy. Made it to the NFL. He must be super accurate. Can you take a guess at what his completion percentage was in college? Um, what do you think? In college, if you're Division One, you're usually something high. Usually you're like 70%. 48%, Chris. Ooh. He had a 48% Jesus. 
for throwing accuracy. That's horrible. Less than half. So you're thinking, okay, he's not accurate. Maybe has <laughs> off the charts touchdowns, but high kid. interceptions. <laughs> high interceptions. 19 games in college, Chris. How many interceptions does this kid throw? 19 games, college. How many interceptions? Well, since you're going the way you're going, did he at least have one per game? That would suck if he did. How so many? How many is that? So 19. There you go. He only had 13. <laughs> That's so still a lot. That's still I, a lot. I, 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 no, but still, I would have thought more. Exactly, just like you, since yeah. he's not accurate, he must be throwing those picks like crazy. Yeah, right. But uh, that's less than one a game. I mean, it's not good, but it's not the worst. So, Chris, how many touchdowns? This kid must be lighting it up. Because you're talking it, about it, it has to be 13. like a, a four to one ratio. So, so how many touchdowns? 19 games. How many touchdowns did this kid throw in his college career? Mm, let's go 35. This gentleman, Tim Boyle, threw one touchdown pass in his college career. He threw one touchdown in three years for UConn with 13 picks, threw for 48%. Less than half of his throws were completed. How the heck is this guy an NFL quarterback? He must have some great practices. (laughs) No. You know what it is? I've come to the conclusion that this kid is Roger Goodell's son. Oh. <laughs> he has oh. to be. I, how I else can you explain this? You know, we've all worked with jobs where the owner's son, who, who's just lazy, POS, who's around, who's got the job. In some cases, probably your boss. That's the scenario here. I don't think you can convince me otherwise. A kid, now he was undrafted and signed by multiple NFL teams over and over and over again. He threw one touchdown pass in college, 13 picks, less than 50%. I'm confident that Chris and I jumped into to any university right now. We can throw, give me, give me uh, 19, 13 games, give me a season. I will give you one touchdown. Sure. I will give it to you and throw more than 40%. I'll, I'll go for, I'll fourth and one. I'll run my tail in there. <laughs> give me a touchdown. So I, I just couldn't believe it. And this is the guy that the Jets said, you know what, Zach Wilson, you know the guy? This is the guy. You know what? Bring back Aaron Rodgers with one leg. He's not healed. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that he's coming back You know, by Christmas. He's coming back. He's going to do it. I don't care. On one leg. Put him out there with a little wheel. You know, some people have like a torn Achilles or bust like they put a little wheel thing on him. Give him that. Give him something to where you don't run. It's still better than this kid. Well, I think what I was going to say since you brought it up is that I thought that he had a little bit better more. I think he had more yards uh, than what the Jets probably expected from, from, from what they've been getting from before, right? From the other guys. So I don't know. I think he had more I mean, yards. Regardless, I, I think he had somewhere along the lines. Not too much. Yeah. But over 200 yards. Yeah. But... Who cares? That's like a win for a Jets team. That's like a win for them. If you, he still had turnovers, he's not getting the touchdowns. He's, he had right. one. At the end of the day, they didn't have any touchdowns. They had six points all this entire game. They didn't compete at all in this game. This game was over by the first quarter. And the Dolphins didn't play great. It doesn't matter. No. It just, no. I, just needed, I couldn't believe when I did my deep dive into this guy, who's, who's Tim Boyle, <laughs> and I saw what I saw, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You were in how, disbelief. How am I not in the NFL? I, I, <laughs> like, if, if Tim Boyle can do it, he's an inspiration to us all. Let, let's go over the rest of the weeks in the NFL that were some names that we will know, not Mr. Boyle. Let's start with Green Bay and Detroit. Green Bay takes a 26 lead in the first and never looked back, Johnny. They win on the road. How did this game go? No one thought the Packers could win this game. Liar. Nobody thought they could win this game. Liar. Both Chris and I picked the Lions, and frankly, everyone in America picked the Lions. 
Even the people at Fox who televise this game picked the lines. How do I know this? Not, um, you know, Fox traditionally gives the winning teams, MVPs, a Thanksgiving Day turkey. But um, this season, they actually seared the Lions logo into the turkey before the game because surely they can't lose while they lost. Uh, Love is playing his best football of his career as of late. Goff fumbled and lost the ball three times in this game. That combo where Love is playing his best ball and then you're turning the ball over three times, is go- you're going to lose the game every time, Lions. Complete choke job by Goff. And Detroit is still atop the division, but they handed their rival a victory. Yeah, I'm not going to jump on the Lions. You know, I called them Food Lion for the last few weeks. But I did say, Johnny, I know that I picked them to win. I know that I did. But I did oh, stop, say stop. I did no. say that nothing would surprise me if um, Green Bay won. You, you, so um, I'm tired. You, Damn, you, I did say that. You no, can't talk out of both out of okay, sides so of your stop. mouth. And, and I also told our fans to start love. He's back. So once again, he delivered with 32 points. Tired of being right. Everything you said was right besides that, Johnny. I also want to throw in there zero Zero sacks by the Detroit defense. That's never going to get it done. And, and and again, the Lions can't beat teams with a winning record. And apparently now they can't even beat teams with a sub-500 record at that. Seventh straight home loss on Thanksgiving for the Detroit Food Lion team. The, the and, and I don't think you, we talked about contenders, pretenders a, a couple episodes uh-huh. ago. Yeah. They're still pretenders, Johnny. Yeah, they're concerned. still pretenders. Like, yeah. I love when Chris, you can't do this. I want you to understand nope, how, nope. How, how men, you know, make our picks. Oh, that you, you, you make a pick. You say, hey, who has won this game? Team A or Team B? I pick the team. You don't sit here and pick a team and say, but I wouldn't be surprised if the other team won. And then try to take credit for that I'm the next tired. day when I'm your pick is right. wrong. I'm tired of being right. You can't do that. It doesn't happen. Tired to be right. Cowboys continue their dominance at home. 5-0 and this season. They demolish the Commanders. 45-10, to Cinco. How'd I mean, this one go? I mean, come on. I mean, listen, while the Lions' loss was surprising the most, Everyone knew what was happening here. The Cowboys mm-hmm. won. They're going to win. We all knew this would happen. Right. Cowboys started to eat their turkey with seven minutes left in the game. They knew. Just a <laughs> reminder to everyone who's like in Cowboys Nation here. They uh, they beat the Giants twice. Washington twice. New England, Jets, Carolina, Rams, Chargers. These boys are going home in the first round of the playoffs. But good win, Dak. Your ability to beat the most mediocre teams certainly justifies your contract and absolutely requires a raise and extension. Florida Man Sports Podcast. In one side, Johnny badmouths me for saying that, oh, I said that they I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay won. And then on the other side of his mouth, he says how the Cowboys wins, which they were wins, were subpar wins. This is exactly, exactly why I say Johnny is fluid Johnny. It just right there. I couldn't have said it better myself. How so? I mean, I I sat here. Go ahead. I'll I'll rant after you're done. Cowboys extended their longest home win streak in 42 years to 13 by pulling away in this one. The Dallas defense with four sacks compared to zero by the commanders. That's the story there. And five of the last seven games for them boys are against a team with a winning record, Johnny. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it when you're talking about them Cowboys and how they got to eight wins. Yeah. Things that, that that's, there's some 
lies in that little stat you just mentioned there. So you want to sit here and talk about, I didn't talk about both sides of my mouth. I'm very clear. I mentioned the teams that they beat. At the time when they beat the Jets, the Jets didn't have a losing record. But we all know the Jets are trash. At the time, the Chargers didn't have a losing record. But we all know the Chargers can't beat anyone. But a win is a win. You said At the time, the Rams had a winning record. But the Rams, the Rams, the Rams, come on. And of course, twice the Commanders, twice the Giants. The Cowboys haven't beaten anyone. Anyone's in substance. The Cowboys, they get all happy. Yeah, we dominated the Giants. We dominated the Commanders. All right. Show me what you do against Philly. Show me do, what you do against these Niners. That's you know coming what, up. That's and you know, coming yeah, up. and you know what's going to happen? You're going to lose. You're going to lose. First round playoffs, you're out of here, Cowboys. Got a Cowboy hater. Moving on to the next game that on the slate was the Johnny Seahawks downfall, which continues. As I prophesied, Johnny, the 49ers win 31-13. to How did the Niners give the Seahawks another loss at home? As you prophesied. Everyone picked the Niners <laughs> except for me. Every single person <laughs> in America picked the Niners except for me. I made the mistake into thinking the Seahawks would rise to the occasion. I made the same mistake with Chris every week here in Florida oh, Man Sports. I knew where you're going. Florida oh. Man Sports podcast every week. I hope oh, he rises. Mm. The Niners dominated. <laughs> Purdy was effective, very efficient. Uh, CMC was dominant. It was over by halftime. One of the very few times I was very wrong about a Pete Carroll coach team. And uh, the Niners easily dominate this one. You you wonder why I call them the Johnny Seahawks all year, folks. And now you know why. They start out hot and heavy and they just sizzle on the way down. Is that what it is? And that's exactly what it is, folks. The only touchdown that came from the Seahawks so was saying, on you're defense. Saying, you're saying I'm hot and and heavy. already injured Geno Smith was sacked another six times. Not going to let you get the joke in. <laughs> <laughs> and Christian McCaffrey, it was the show for the 49ers. This has to be, I was thinking about this today, and, and you know, this is just open discussion here, but this probably has to be the top 10 best trades in the history of the NFL with Christian McCaffrey. They sent a second, third, and fourth round in 2023 for him, and a fifth rounder for 2024. For what he has done for this team with, with the cap room that they already don't have, you got to give a lot of credit to that trade. Don't tell me he wasn't worth a first round pick. He should have been, and uh, he's the reason why the 49ers are here, top three in the rankings right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. One of the best trades of all time. It yeah. worked out how other teams couldn't see it. I mean, uh, CMC has been something else. Yeah. Just ridiculous. But um, everyone like in, in this that uh, watched this game, they saw the dominance of the NFC and the Niners. And it really comes down to the NFC. It's about the Niners. It's about the Eagles. The, the Cowboys are, are trying to pretend to make an argument, but it's about these two teams. That's where it's at here. I look forward to that next game. Absolutely. Uh, next game on the docket, the Falcons. They played like first place in the division was on the line. They win 24-15 against the Saints. How did this game turn out, Johnny? You know, Chris, everyone suffers when the <laughs> NFC South plays a divisional up. game. <laughs> Okay. So oh my God! <laughs> no one to look good here. Ritter had two picks. Carr had a pick, and Hill fumbled. Two terrible teams. Wow! And now everyone in the NFC South, like I mentioned previously, is below five hundred. Everyone has a losing record in the division. We're so tough. Big it's such surprise. A tough, it's such a hard division. That's why Falcons win. But what an embarrassment! 
Ah, man. It's, it's, I, the only teams I enjoy watching NFC South are the Tampa Bay Yacht Boys. Um, but still, it is frustrating when you look at the teams, you see what's happening, and nobody from this division is going to contend for a Super Bowl. Listen, folks, Atlanta snaps a three-game losing streak. Another game, if you're a Saints fan, where Derek Carr throws for 300 yards but can't find the end zone. That's like, it's, been a, it's been like that all season, and, and the record shows it. Another game where Desmond Ritter, he's back. He plays subpar football, throws interceptions, and they still find a way to win. And that's been the story for the Falcons. A lot of credit to Atlanta running game. They're killing the clock, helping secure the win. Thank you, Falcons. The Bucks are just one game back of the NFC crown, thanks to your victory. So kudos to the Falcons on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 just one of those things there. But Ritter, I don't, I don't say he's he's back to throwing interceptions. That's what I'm saying. He, that's no, what he's and, and a minute, like he's back, like they keep going back and forth. Like, I don't think it was the answer. So he, he's not the guy. But the problem is the franchise. The franchise. The Falcons don't know what the heck they're doing. They don't know what they're, they have really good players. They don't know how to use them. When your best player is your kicker, you have a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> Moving to a game where an offense is back, Johnny. The Pittsburgh offense. They win on the road with all the rain, 16-10. and 10. How did the Steelers win this one? It's back. The offense is back. They're this back. Was, this was another ugly Pittsburgh win. No, The, the no. Bengals, they're a better team. But without their leader, it's, it's another Jets situation. The Steelers pile up a season high 421 yards of offense. Outstanding. Good job. What results in 16 points. That's what they have to show for that 421 yards. Why? Because Pickett's of Pickens isn't a thing. It never will be a thing. It wasn't. It's not. It's not happening. Forget about it. We all know, folks, what happens when Johnny says forget about it. What happens the next week for the players. So just keep that in mind. Put that in your your cap. But, yeah, to your point, Johnny, 421 total yards, 22 first downs. They controlled the ball for 37 minutes. So don't tell me that the offense isn't back. With this type of weather, that's a a big win. Uh, Also in the running game, Najee Harris, the best running back on the team with 100 yards rushing, 6.6 yards per average, carrying the running game for Pittsburgh. Some other people will have you think it's somebody else. Nevertheless, 25 yards rushing by the Bengals. In a rained out game. I'm going to say that again. 25 little measly yards in a rained out game. Where you're supposed to run the ball. So that was really embarrassing to watch. In a close rained out game, you have, you know, just got to give credit when it's due. And um, you got to give Jake Browning, the QB for the Bengals, a better chance. You got to run the ball better than that if you're going to give this guy a chance to win for the Bengals. That, that kid ain't winning for the Bengals. It's not happening there. <laughs> say, you like, know it's but not. you got you got to run the ball better. And we all know that. Everyone knows who watches football that Jalen Warren is a better back. And slow mo Najee Harris. Everybody knows this. It's but that's just, that's just, didn't, just didn't happen this week, right? Okay. No, it's it's All not right. the game plan. Everything for whatever reason, Tomlin is is loving this guy for right now. But this is his last year. I don't care what happens. Whatever dance moves that Chris is doing right Tired now. Tired of being right. Tired no, you're right. not. You're not right. Tired this is right. I, what I can guarantee you <laughs> is that Najee Harris is not going to be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. Thankfully, we're talking about this year. Moving on to the Panthers and Titans, Johnny. The Panthers, they keep losing. Derrick Henry, Johnny. Derrick Henry <laughs> runs for two touchdowns. Titans win 17-10. to How did this one go? It was another terrible game. <laughs> Derrick Henry rushed for two touchdowns. That's the highlight here, folks, in this entire game. Yes. So if you had him on your fantasy team, you're the only one happy about this game. <laughs> Tennessee won 17-10. to 
terrible game. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong about it. It was a terrible game. But let's let's talk a little bit more about Henry. He becomes the eighth running back in NFL NFL history with nine thousand yards and at least eighty touchdowns before turning thirty. And he also moved past Corey Dillon and Jim Taylor for sole possession of seventeenth all time. He's almost in the precedent there of like, you know, Hall of Fame material. No, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. He is one more from time Marshawn Lynch at number 16 as far as touchdowns goes. So good job to him. To your point, that was the only thing to watch in this game. Man, Derrick, I mean, Derrick Henry is is not 30 years old. For whatever reason, I mean, mm-hmm. we've been watching him. I almost feel like he's been in the league forever. Right, And it's right. like he's not even 30 yet. That's, That's crazy. True. That's true. Uh, don't look now, Johnny, but Danny DeVito does it again. Two in a row. Wins 10-7 to against those Patriot teams that are just trash since Brady's gone. How'd this game go? It's not Danny DeVito, but it's, <laughs> it's perfectly fine because it, I had the Giants win this game. You know, I knew they were going to win this game. You had the, the Pats come somehow scraping out a victory here. So, dumber Patriot fans, they wouldn't shut up about Zappy. Now, I've seen Zappy now for a few seasons. Mm-hmm. He had one decent game last year and guys like i know named quinn he won't (laughs) shut up about him zappy is garbage i'm sorry to say this mac jones might be a decent qb but not with the pats mac was benched at halftime after throwing two picks and zappy comes in the second throws another pats lose after a kicker selected by bill belichick Misses a gimme to end the game. Jeez. No, Bill is the greatest coach of all time. Oh, yes. In the same, sen- in the same sentence, you have to say that. I right? have to because oh, okay. this, this is my, making my point. Right. He's okay. the greatest coach of all time. And Pats fans who want him fired after two bad seasons is a joke. 20-plus years of excellence and two-plus years of bad, and you want him gone? Now, who are you going to replace him with? Huh, Patriot fans? Who are you going to replace him with? He can coach. He just can't pick quality players anymore now i hope bill never leaves this team but please no one has time to let other people draft your players it's embarrassing so i'll trade you todd bowles if you want you do a straight straight trade no i I don't i'm good (laughs) like even for you when you knew bowles was coming in you're like oh you 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 prefer your previous uh, of course 100 100 percent And I know I'm I'm messing with the kid, but hey, give it to DeVito. He won back-to-back games. Uh, The only New York Giant quarterback to have back-to-back wins this season. I know it's only four wins, but it's still something to say. And I have to bring it up again, just how terrible. Anytime I get an opportunity, I'm going to bring up how terrible it was to play uh, Daniel Jones all that money. Just horrible, horrible decision. Uh, For me, though, this game comes down to nine forced turnovers, two uh, over the last two games, three in this one. Johnny, the Giants should be playing for draft picks like the Patriots. They continue to win. I mean, they're four and eight. I mean, their season's done, right? They're four and eight. Their season's done. I'm just glad they're choosing to win these games because it's allowing the Patriots <laughs> to go ahead and get that number one overall pick. So you lose. Listen, uh, it's it's if you ain't first, you're last. Okay, some great philosopher I hope, said I hope, this. I hope Eddie's listening to this if right you now. First, you're last here. Okay, so. If you're not going to win it or compete to win it, give yourself a chance, then finish last and get that pick, especially on a draft class that's upcoming. Oh, come on. Caleb Williams. Patriots. We'll be back, baby. Last last thing I'll say. Hasn't Mac Mac Jones been benched like two different times already? More than two times. Jesus. Listen, uh, it's tough for me to go ahead and, and say that Mac Jones can't do something Here's the reality. He looks like Brady. You look kind of like him. I get it. No, that 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 I don't have confidence in their Patriot coaching in terms of 
evaluating QB talent. Tom Brady, which I have to mention only once a show, is an anomaly. I'm pulling straight. That, that dude, that dude is, I beat you to it. <laughs> Tom Brady, that dude, didn't matter what team he was on, he was a force to be reckoned with. So right. what team is he he's going to do his thing? But if you look at, uh, example, Tua. Tua under Flores, under coaching, a former Patriot coach, Flores was trying to get rid of him. Flores made attempts to trade to and get rid of him, want to be done with him. And he goes away. McDaniels comes in and transforms Tua into an MVP candidate. He didn't transform him. He's just showed him, allow, allow him to cook. And Patriot coaching, with the exception of Belichick, this doesn't work out. Coordinators, they work out great in New England. But whether it's Flores, Romeo Cronell, whether it's Charlie Weiss, it doesn't work anywhere else, and, and this is a prime example. So I'm not ready to write off Mac Jones. I'm as ready to write off Mac Jones as a Patriot. Well, just so all fans know that Johnny's way too old to be saying Cook. The Browns' defense, Johnny, they <laughs> defense runs out of steam. Offense is flat again. The Broncos win 29-12. How'd this one go? Cocinando? Is that better? It's five straight wins. Denver, five straight wins. I called it. Everyone, yeah, no. I called it. I've been telling you about this team for weeks now. Okay. Russ was efficient, no mistakes. This defense is dominant. Now, uh, to be fair, the Browns' season's over as they needed an average Watson to win consistently, but still, a win is a win. Denver Broncos are in the mix, winning record, after one and five, five straight wins, let's go. You come to me, folks, in the Florida Man Sports Podcast because I give you the analytics that nobody else can. And that's why you're listening, folks. And here's the deal. The Browns are riddled with injuries. Besides Watson, besides Denzel Ward, which were already out, Miles Garrett hurt, Dorian Thompson Robinson hurt, Amari Cooper hurt, Jordan Elliott hurt this game as well. So it's just going to be a missed opportunity this year for the Browns, I think, at the end of the day. The defense can only hold so much. And for the Broncos, since 1920, the origin of the NFL, we've never had a 29-12 score. That was pretty awesome to witness as far as this game goes. The Broncos, folks, I'm very proud to say in this podcast, out of the five-game win streak, I've picked them four times. I went to the records. I've picked them four out of five to win. So just want to throw that out there because I am a boss. Broncos are back in the playoff hunt, baby. Let's go. Thank you for bringing that out. I would like to remind Everyone listening here that I actually picked them five out of five times. So, hey, you're close. I don't think that's true. Close to perfection. Uh, folks, there. I recommend you listening to every podcast show to see if that's true. I, I, don't, I don't know that's accurate. <laughs> Moving on to the Rams and the Cardinals, folks, where I called this one correct. The Rams destroy the Cardinals 37 to 14. How this one play out, Johnny? The Rams easily win as uh, Stafford, they own the Cardinals team, threw for four touchdown passes. Murray looked desperate. Mm. Listen, he knows he needs to win to keep his job. Mm. Cardinals, Patriots, Springton to the finish line, and Murray is doing everything possible to avoid that top pick because he knows. Listen, while he knows he's playing for his job, the Cardinals mm. don't want him. He, Murray was a problem. Murray, hey, he hustled his way into that contract. So props to Murray. But the coach that drafted you is gone. 
the organization, they're not really looking at you as their franchise guy unless you show something. And this was a game where you needed to show them something, and you didn't. Let's play a game, folks. Let's play What Did Christian Say About This Game? I I said, Matthew Stafford is the glue that keeps this team together. I said, Murray will once again play like a man trying to keep his job. I said, Kyron Williams is back to help the Rams and fantasy owners. Chargers would win. Damn, I'm tired of being right. This is why you listen to the 40-man podcast. You already said it. Four touchdowns. I'm not going to go into it. Two of them by Kyron Williams. At five and six, the Rams still have a playoff push to make. In fantasy terms, the only per... Why are you laughing? Why are you that? Because, fan- the because- only person on the Cardinals you should be playing at this point is Murray. Because Chris still, I get it. They they switch cities, but Chris still mixes up the Rams with the Chargers. I don't yes. care. The Rams. The Rams. Talk about the Rams. <laughs> yes. Listen, our yes. fans know who I'm talking about in vintage form. I do I do it on purpose, baby. Let's knock it down. It's, 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 it's this is what happens. I'm tired of being right. Two teams that should have the Rams should have stayed in St. Louis. The Chargers should have stayed in San Diego. Two loyal fan bases. And I've been to both cities. And both, especially St. Louis. That's a loyal fan base. But tell, you, tell me how I confused it this time. I'm talking you, about Matthew you, Stafford you and had, Rams. I'm, I'm going to ignore that. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about the, their former cities and how greedy owners, they want to go ahead and take them away from St. Louis and San Diego. Mm-hmm. Let's move them to L.A. or close to a suburb in L.A. to get marketing dollars Los for Angeles L.A. Rams. L.A., yes. It's the Los Angeles Rams, not what, the Chargers, what? Chris. That's the Chargers? You did. Gotcha. Good on that one. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes throws two touchdowns. The Chiefs rally from 14 down, Johnny. They beat the Raiders 31 to 17. I mean, I wouldn't call it a rally. The Raiders jumped out to a 14 point lead, but they couldn't keep up with one of the best teams in football. And Mahomes throws for nearly 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Chiefs did what everyone expected them to do. They take the W. It's no surprise here. The Raiders made it interesting early, but couldn't keep up. Yeah. And the Las Vegas Raiders, Johnny. Las Vegas. Yeah, I did that there. (laughs) The Raiders continue to be the toilet paper of the NFL. It's between them and the Patriots for your preference of TP Pie. That's not accurate. I'm I'm tired of being right. Call this one. I think most most fans out there call this one as well. The Chiefs offense, they they look pretty good, man. They look like they got their swagger back. I don't know if you remember, but back-to-back games... Third and fourth quarter, they were kind of dying out. The receivers, they needed help. And they, it looks like at least for one game, they figured it out. So, good win for the Chiefs, getting back on offense. Listen, the, the Raiders are not a bad team. They had the second-worst coach in the league, and they got rid of him. I like Pierce. I didn't like him as a player, as a giant. But I, I like why. Pierce. I wonder why. I like him. And he's a good coach for this system. The problem is the Raiders don't have a quarterback. So, their defense is good. Their offense is good. That's why they kept it close. But they don't have... O'Connell? O'Connell is, is not going to go ahead and, and win you anything? He's doing a better job than... What's-his-face? Yeah, he, he, that's not saying much. Because I'm pretty sure you or I can do a better job than what's-his-face. Because <laughs> So, if the Raiders actually had a quality quarterback with this coach, with these players, they could be a force to be reckoned with. But that's a big what-if. And it's not but they're happen. not. They're TP. Moving on, folks, to the second game of the week, an overtime thriller. The Eagles win 37-34 in a nail-biter, Johnny. How'd this game go? I mean, this is ridiculous. Both you and I had the Bills winning this because we knew this was a desperate game 
for this Buffalo team. They needed this win. And they played like they needed this win. Bills were in complete control most of this game. They lose in overtime. Yeah. But then Josh, look, Josh Allen, a.k.a. Brett Favre, did Brett Favre-type things, throwing a costly interception that led to a touchdown in the fourth and now has extended his own record eight straight games with a pick. That's the problem with this guy. He doesn't know when to take his foot off the gas. He will make a great play, but just as capable as of losing you a game as he is winning, and we just saw him lose this game for the Bills. I couldn't believe it. The Eagles win every close game, which you had said early in the season how how that is like an Achilles, how that's something, oh, they're not legit because they're just winning close games. This just shows you what championship pedigree is about, why I have preseason picked the Eagles to win the NFC because they win the close games. They win the tough battles, the grimy battles there. You don't need a blowout. A blowout once in a while, great. But when it comes down to it, the Buffalo Bills were in complete control of this game. And the Philadelphia Eagles said, nah, hold on. Hold my beer. Let me show you what's up. So you're not wrong for the most part. And by the way, when you're quoting me in front of our fans, Johnny, please finish the quote. Finish, finish the quote. Don't just say little snippets. Don't be Stephen A. Smith and just say snippets to your benefit. Look, here's what I said about that. It's good to win close games. And, and when you win, you got to be careful because that's how you lose games when they're too close is what I said. Now, that being said, I also said by that same breath that the Eagles, folks, they are the best team in football. And I've been saying that for weeks now. Oh, you have not. I've been saying no, that for yeah. weeks. I've been, I've been saying, saying that in the power that. rankings. Oh, no. and, and And I'm still keeping the Cowboys because they're my, my pick. I'm not done there. I'll, I'll, get, I'll dig more into that as the games continue. But let me yeah, go back boys. to this game. Let me go back to this game. Jalen Hurts threw for 33 yards in the first half. I say again, my friends, 33 yards. And this guy is an MVP candidate. He really is. Why? Because he follows it up with three touchdowns passing, two rushing. The guy's just the real deal, man. The real McCoy. That's just the bottom line. So impressive to watch. And just like the game against Kansas City with this Eagle team, folks, they stick to the script. They believe in the running game. And that's what has led to this success. And to your point, Johnny, that's what has led to these wins by just three points. It's incredible. It's really incredible to watch. They still deserve to be the number one team in in, in all the power rankings, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about that. I agree. They're the number one team in the NFL right now. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the Ravens and Chargers. Zay Flowers clinches the W for the Ravens. They win 20-10. to How did you see this game, Johnny? I mean, the Ravens defense won this game. Forced four turnovers. Yes. One pick, three fumbles. Yes. Can someone please explain to me how Staley still has his job after this loss? <laughs> Yo, I've been saying a- <laughs> this all year. To get rid of this guy. Listen, the, the, it's worked out for the Raiders. They got rid of his the, the second worst co- uh, coach of all time of this season. And so now it's time. Chargers are done. And we'll make a push along with the Commanders for Bill Belichick next season to fix this. It's just unfortunate because... This is the same issue we talked about earlier and when we started this show today with Antonio Gates, who you had such an amazing team. You had LaDainian Tomlinson. You had uh, um, you know, Antonio Gates. You had Phillip Rivers. You had such good talent that should have won Super Bowls or at least contended for Super Bowl. They didn't. Right. And it's the same thing here with Herbert, Williams. You have so much good talent there. You're back, Eckler. You have top five Position players, and you have a you have a losing record. 
You're losing every close game. You can't win against good teams. You win only half the time against bad teams. What's the, the, the denominator here? The players are on point. It's the coaching. And it's unfortunate the Chargers relied on Staley to win them a game because it's not going to happen. Well, to your point, though, Johnny, and I've also been one that has said in the past that the coach needs to go. So I've always been one that says that. But I got I to gotta put you on the spot here. Two of those turnovers were by Herbert. Keenan Allen had one. Austin Eckler had one. You can't really blame the coach for four turnovers, uh, all of them being by your three kings, right? Your three guys that are supposed to lead your team. So, you know, that's something to say there. And then I will also say this for Jackson. He joins Michael Vick, Cam Newton, and Russell Wilson as the only quarterbacks with 5,000 yards rushing. Uh, the club of eight, just amazing, right? The six-year pro, he's the fastest to do it. He uh, Jackson has played 82 games, 22 fewer than it took Michael Vick to reach that milestone. I think that's a really big deal for this game. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but with Lamar Jackson... Um, he won the MVP. Michael Vick was still a more dynamic player, uh, but uh, Jackson. It's just, this is a stat that's notable, I think, in this game is what I'm saying. It's notable the way yeah. that today's NFL is, but the problem with quarterbacks that can run is that they can run. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we close off the games of the week here with Monday Night Football, the Bears and Vikings. Uh, the Close game, Monday Night Football, so it's all you could ask for, but a low-scoring affair at that. Bears win 12-10. to 10. How'd this one go, Johnny? One of the worst Monday Night Football games I've seen in a long time. It was time. sloppy, but it wasn't a bad game. The Bears it win, sloppy. despite not scoring a single touchdown. Minnesota played scared at the end, and they played not to lose instead of to win, and that's what happens. You lose. Now, I apologize for anyone watching the game. But we saw Justin Fields do everything he could to give the game to the Vikings, and he almost did. Yeah. The problem with QBs that can run is that they can run, just like I mentioned. And they're prone to injuries and turnovers. You saw it firsthand. This is my advice, Chicago. Move on from Fields. He's not the guy. You know, you kind of talked about this with Matt Jones earlier, and and you brought up a good debate. I, I don't know that Justin Fields may not be the answer for the Bears, but it doesn't mean he's not the answer for another team. Watching this kid play, man, he's electrifying. He is like, I'm really high on this kid. I have been in the beginning. You know that. I also will say those two fumbles were horrible. They were miserable. You said it best. He was trying to hand in the game. But if you take those fumbles aside, this kid is dynamic to watch. So Fields is playing for a job next season, whether it's with the Bears or not. I guess that's my point with that. And it, it was a game that when you're watching it and it's sloppy football, Johnny, there was a part of me I was like, oh, my God, at halftime, the Bears are going to win this game. <laughs> and, and the Vikings' hot streak comes to an end. Now they're a 500 team. The, the problem with what you said is the dynamic plays that you mentioned, they're running plays. So you, I, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with a run-first quarterback. And that's what Fields is. You're, you're, you're looking at that final throw that he did to put his team really in the, in the red zone. Right. You're looking at single digit, single digit, like great passings. And you have a quarterback. You're the damn quarterback. And you're looking at, oh, he had those four really good passes throughout the entire game. <laughs> that's not going to cut it. 
It's not going to happen. It's the same problem I see with Jackson. Jackson is going ahead and throwing a couple of good passes. And anybody gets all hyped up. But really, he does these, these, these amazing running plays. Those running plays open you up for injuries. They open you up for turnovers. And it doesn't befit a franchise quarterback. It's not going to work in the long run. That's just my opinion. Bringing back Lamar Jackson. You're going to regret that, but go no, ahead. Uh, listen, Chris, we got another week into the books. Yes. So the week is done. Right. Now, yours truly went 9-6, and six, old faithful, always accurate, never steers you wrong, just about always point on my picks. Chris somehow manages to pick up two games this week. He won 11-4. Boom. Both of us going over, well over 500. All, all that rant. And what Johnny's basically trying to say, folks, is that I dominated him once again. We're in the thick of things. I basically have won the entire month. I don't even know why he's still next to me right now. Two Bobby. games is not no a idea. domination. I have no idea why Overall, he's here Overall, right a good week. Okay. Uh, before you cut me off like the jackass <laughs> that you are. Any words, Chris, before we move on to the week's picks where you're, you will surely go back to your familiar ways of losing and making terrible picks. Yes, I'll grab the mic from you. Okay. Yes, I'll grab the mic from you. Folks, I said this weeks ago. I said, guys, anybody can call a fool like Johnny Cinco can call the first few games in the beginning of the season because just bow and arrow it wherever it lands, right? It doesn't matter. But the analytics are in, which means your boy Christian here is on fire. I'm so on fire that I'm going to tell you right now, I won 11-4 and four last week, Johnny. I'm going to at least give you 12 games this week, at least. So let's go, baby. Who? Let's go. Who I care. Cares? I care. Okay. The fans care. Let's on go. On to the first game of the week, Chris. Yes. The Seahawks. <laughs> against them boys. I, I expect from you, if you're going to dog the Cowboys, I expect you to say the Johnny Seahawks. Put some reverence in that name when you say it next time. So, is this even a question? The Johnny Seahawks have now lost two in a row, three out of the last four. Kind of how my NFL predictions have gone over the last four weeks. The Cowboys are 5-0 and at home, Cinco. Prescott is playing, and I'll say it, MVP football and the MVP hopeful will ensure another W. The Cowboys will be on a four game win streak when this one is over. The Seahawks, Johnny Seahawks, are going to be a 500 team as their demise as pretenders continues. So, damn, you, I'm good. So, you said that the Seahawks have lost two of the last three, much like you and your picks? No. Interesting. So, kind of um, like my that, NFL prediction yeah, last four yeah, weeks. So you've lost two out of your last no, three. Is that what you're saying? No, that, that's, no. Yeah. You completely, Everybody else is scratching you completely their head missed, right now. You completely misunderstood right that. that yeah, so you lost three, but yeah, it's okay. The Go Seahawks Go ahead and showed, pick exactly what I'm going to pick. Go ahead. The Seahawks showed me <laughs> who they are. And oh, I will believe them. Oh, oh. The Cowboys are going to beat oh. another mediocre team. It's happening. It's not that serious. Cowboys win. The Indianapolis Colts going against the Tennessee Titans, Chris. Listen, I don't know if I should keep going first. You're going to keep stealing my picks? I don't, I don't know. So, this game, folks, this is a toss-up game. We have two teams who are not very good. When they last met, the Colts beat them. Colts are 4-1 on the road. The Titans are 4-1 at home. Colts are riding a three-game win streak. Win streaks are meant to be broken. Give me the Titans to avenge the loss from a few weeks ago and win this game. 
Colts will be back to 500 after this one. Word on the street, of course, is Taylor's hurt again. At least that's what the, the sources tell me, Johnny. So, yes, uh, the same sources I have here, but I trust Menchu more than Mayo Levy. Ooh. So the the Colts are winning this game. Oh. So you, you you're referencing this victory from before. Um, where they didn't face Levy, they faced a different, a different player, different team in general. True. That's true. So it's not, it's not happening. There's enough tape on the rookie. Colts are winning this game. I have my trust in the the career backup Menchu over the rook. Mm. The New England Patriots, America's team, <laughs> versus the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers, Chris. Yeah, the San Diego Chargers. Listen, folks, the Chargers, they get a palate cleanser game pending. How dare you? Yes, they play the JV football that is the New England Patriots. The only question I have for this one, and Johnny can help us answer this, what quarter will Belichick bench Jones this week? It's an honest honest question. Honest question. I I don't even even, answer. But in the toilet bowl matchups, folks, in the toilet bowl matchup, give me the L.A. Chargers to destroy the New England Pastramis. Johnny cries himself to sleep once again. The The 2-10 Pastrami team, I say again, (laughs) 2-10, folks. The New England Pastramis. Yep. Listen, the, the Patriots are terrible, and I'm thankful (laughs) that they are the best at being good and apparently the best at being bad. They continued down that toilet bowl. <laughs> um, just please go right ahead, New England, and come back with Caleb Williams. The Chargers are winning this game. It's unfortunate how we've dominated this particular franchise for 20 me, years. Me, it's not happening me, this me, upcoming me. week. Me, me, the Chargers are winning. <laughs> the Detroit Food Alliance. Yes. Versus this, the uh, New Orleans Saints. Look, folks, I have never been more of a Detroit Lions fan than I am for this one. Okay, just being honest. The Lions, they need to get back to their winning ways. <laughs> Big surprise. And as they usually beat teams with a losing record. Me, of course, I need the Saints to lose to keep up in the NFC South race, Johnny. Those are the facts. It's that easy. So the Detroit Lions, Johnny, put some reverence on their name. They win. The Lions are still pretenders. They just helped me out this week to get a W against the Saints. I mean, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't really care, even if I did. Then the day I'm making the picks on who's going to win. I take my fanhood out of any pick that I make. Uh, you pick the Lions. Go ahead. Please so, go. two teams Chris hates. But I know which one he hates more. <laughs> so, uh, that being said, the, the Lions are the better team and will win this game. But it's not going to be as easy as you think. It is going to be a relatively close game. I have the Lions winning by a field goal. They're going to win a oh, very wow. close game here okay. because the Saints are tough. Their defense ain't bad, and they're going to show up. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Falcons, they're going against the New Jersey Jets. What do you got, Chris? Yes, folks. It is no better time to be a Jets fan, okay? The Jets have lost four in a row. They need to get back on the winning column. They were 4-3 and three just a few weeks ago. Right before the, all the losses happened. So as we know, the rumors say that Rodgers is back just in time for Christmas. For him to come back, Johnny, the Jets have to have some type of chance of making the playoffs. So it has to start here because right now they're at four and seven. They are at home. Give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets to win at home to break the losing streak. And more importantly, Johnny... Give the Falcons the loss that I need for the Bucks to get back in the race. Now, this is the game for the Jets to win, 100%. This is it. But this is a game that's really the NFL equivalent to waterboarding. Wow. The what the? Whoa. Falcons Whoa. versus the Jets. 
Oh my god! Like I, I, I'm gonna have to watch this game, but I don't want to. Did you just say waterboarding? <laughs> the Falcons are going to win this game against Roger Goodell's son. It's happening here. Roger, it's Boyle isn't going to go ahead and lead you to a victory, mm, even against the Falcons. Mm-mm-mm. The Cardinals. They're going against the Steelers, Chris. Who you got? Folks, I said this. I said it last week. I said, hang on to Pickett and hang on to Pickens. I said, they're making a comeback since last week, and they've made the changes. They fired the offensive coordinator. So, FM Sports fans, here is where all your patience repays you. Pickett to Pickens explodes this week. There's no other conditions. The Steelers went at home. Like I said earlier, the only person worth playing in Arizona is Kyler Murray. Cardinals will be 0-7 on the road after this one, Johnny. The Steelers win, baby. They win at home. Yeah, listen, come on. Tomlin, the Steelers, have one of the easiest schedules remaining. And you can see why. They're playing the Cardinals. They're going to win this game. Steelers are winning. Boom. The Miami Dolphins versus the Washington Commanders. Another team with a losing record playing the Dolphins. Nothing to get excited about. (laughs) I mean, it's clear the Commanders are done for the year. They're playing for draft picks. Sam Howell has had terrible back-to-back games. Now, here's the deal. It's just so weird with these teams that they haven't beat teams with a winning record, Johnny. The Dolphins are a 500 team away. They're 3-3. Three and three. So that's why I'm not so high on them like you are. You have them winning it all, blah, 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 blah. But they need to win this game. So give me the Dolphins to win this game, and I want to see them win with authority, Johnny. I want to see them win by 14 points or more to, to make it sound like they're real contenders. Well, that's good because... Tua's due for a big game. Mm. Washington traded away all their best defensive players. It is time. The Dolphins are not only winning, they are winning big. It's happening this week. Let's go. The Denver Broncos versus the Houston Texans. Yeah, if I were to tell you that both teams are 6-5 and at this point, you wouldn't believe it. Let's be honest. You wouldn't have said that was true, right? But here we are. Uh, They're both uh, 6-5. and They're playing uh, in... Texans home, right? They're playing in Houston, Texas. Um, the question for this game is, do the Broncos have enough offensive power to keep up with the Texans, who are 4-2 and two at home? That's really the question here. Per the schedule, the Broncos have beat the better teams. Again, just giving you the analytics here, right? With that said, Cinco, give me the Texans to end the five-game win streak for the Broncos in a close game of the week. Yeah, this is a tough game to pick. I mean, the Broncos, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, are in a five-game win streak they're facing a tough team at home houston they're going against the best rookie qb i've ever seen who's winning this game the broncos are they going to continue their dominance they're going to continue rolling houston are they going to is that the rookie going to keep rolling through the houston texans right now i think overall a better team this denver broncos team is too hot Mm. and they're not going to be extinguished by a rook Denver Broncos win this game. Wow, six in a row. Jesus. The Carolina Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Yacht Boys. Who you got? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, folks, every single win streak or losing streak that I have called this season has happened. I said the Johnny Seahawks are pretenders. I was right. I said the Bengals were done early in the season with the two divisional losses. I was right. I said the Steelers would get back on track, and they did. I said don't sleep on Houston. I was right. You see where I'm going with this, folks? 
And here's the new streak that's going to happen for the Bucks. It's time to win nine games. Like I said before the season started, I said the Bucks need to win nine games, and here we are. This is where it starts. Tampa Bay Buck fans, let's get excited. Give me the Bucks to beat the Panthers and start their quest for, dare I say it, something the Patriots will not see for decades, a playoff berth, baby, a playoff berth. Bucks win. I love it when people hate on the Patriots. At the end of the day, guys, I've went through the last 20 years of my life 20 plus years of complete dominance. I have six Super Bowl rings and something to wear. Oh, you have them? I have them on right now. You look at it. Look at it. So, but still, we're going to be back long before um, any other teams because we have the greatest Uh owner in sports. Uh But uh, in this particular game, the Tampa Bay, they're just lucky that they're going against one of the few teams that are worse than them. Like the Patriots. The Tampa Bay <laughs> Yacht Boys are winning this game oh. against the rookie in the Carolina Panthers. Let's go. The Cleveland Browns going against the Rams, Los Angeles. I think this may be your best show, Cinco. Listen, folks, I said this earlier. I said the Browns are done. Missed opportunity season. Too many injuries to name. We've talked about it. The Rams are here for the playoff push. Give me the Los Angeles Rams to get to 500 for the season. Get the win. It's that in, in, in Stafford, I trust. It's that simple, Johnny. No, the Rams are not going to be in the playoffs. It's not happening. The Browns, it's so unfortunate. Like I said, I feel really bad for Tom Brady. So many good teams oh. with amazing defenses, but nobody to lead their offense. This is the a Browns, new record of you bringing Brady in the conversation. The Browns, they don't have an offense, and they have key injuries in defense. The Rams are winning this game Boom. just on a technicality. Boom. The game of the week. Yes. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. First. San Francisco 49ers. Chris, who you got? No, this is this is a good one, folks. This is a good one. And and I'm gonna just say it right now, you gotta be a real man to call this game. I, I don't think my my counterpart here has the guts to call this game right. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see what you're gonna say. But I do have the guts, folks. And I have done the numbers for you. You're welcome. Oh. I've done the analytics, I've done the research, I have redesigned the algorithm that is my greatness to call this game correctly. You ready, Johnny? The Eagles. Get caught looking ahead in this one. Drop one that they should win. The 49ers beat the Eagles who take their first loss at home, Johnny. It's happening this week. Boom. That just happened. This is the game of the week. Uh, Niners, they picked up extra help from Washington for this game specifically. (laughs) And the playoffs on the line. Now, will it be enough? They're playing in Philly. Philly is perfect at home. And they win every close game. Mm. Not this time, Philly. <laughs> Niners are winning this game. Ooh. Niner, I say again. Niners are winning in Philadelphia. We, and then... We both call this one. I, I, Let's go. Really, and then they will lose to them in the playoffs. <laughs> But take this victory, Niners fans. It will be short-lived. Oh, that's funny. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, folks. Let's let's talk about those games, like I said, right? Speaking of games that take courage to call. 
The question you have to ask yourself here is, did the Chiefs regularly figure out their offensive woes? That's really the question. I would argue that there is no hotter team in football than the Packers over the last couple of weeks. Packers are 3-2 and two at home. Therefore, give me the Chiefs to win this one and put a bow on the Packers season. I think Nail the confidence. I think it's pretty clear to say the hottest team right now is the Broncos, not the Packers. But I get what you're saying. The Packers are legit. Like, as of late. And, and listen, they could win this game. The, the Packers are playing their best football all season. Mm-hmm. Can they really pull off the upset and win this tough game? Yeah. No, they cannot. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs are winning this game, but I uh, give props to the Packers. They, they can they go ahead and do what Chris did last week, which actually I'm not going to do that because that's a bunch of nonsense. The, the Chiefs are winning. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, Chiefs are winning, but I won't uh, be surprised uh, uh, if the Packers got, win. You caught yourself. You caught yourself in my greatness. That's your voice. my voice? Okay. That's your voice. Okay. Jacksonville Jaguars versus Cincinnati Bengals. You know, this game, if Burrow was healthy, would be just a a great, like, Monday night game, right, to watch. Uh, But here we are, folks. It's better to be lucky than good. In this case, I'll admit it, Johnny. See, I, I know we thought I was going with this. The Jaguars are a good football team. And they're lucky that Burrow's out. You see what I did there? They're mm-hmm. both are looking good. So listen, folks. I expect the Jaguars to win this game. I expect Lawrence to be benched like at the fourth, start of the fourth. And I expect a dominant win by the Jaguars. I mean, what should he have, you know, been a really tough game right. against the Bengals is anything but with Burrow out. Mm-hmm. It's just like oh, you I mentioned. Agree. The Jags are going to win this game. They continue their tread towards a divisional championship. You know, like I mentioned back in July, it's not going to be really a close game. It's unfortunate. It should have been such a good game. It's just not going to be. Jaguars have won this game. Jaguars. So basically, basically, you and I have drawn a very thin line this season, buddy. This Or this week, rather. So definitely it's going to be very important. I think I'm going to win 12. But listen, folks, those are the games that are coming up this coming week. Those are the week 13 predictions. You know who to listen to for what feels like a month now. I've been right. I have not so, steered you wrong. So you have. I have not steered you wrong. Yeah. Now, that said, that's <laughs> we're in week 13. Let's talk about the NFL MVP, Johnny. Mm-hmm. In, in your eyes, I just want to hear one person. I got one myself. Who is running right now with the MVP trophy? It is simple. It's Why do you even think about this? It's Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> If you've been wow, so if, wrong. If you've been paying attention, then you should know who my pick is. It shouldn't be a surprise. It's Tyreek Hill. Mm, what? 88 receptions, 1,324 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns. He could become the first ever wide receiver to win this award. Terrible the pick. The NFL record for yards for by receivers, uh, 1964. By you know Calvin Megatron Johnson, and he could have surpassed that. Most receptions, 149 by Michael Thomas. He could surpass that. Most touchdowns in a season, 23 by Randy Moss. Against you know that he could surpass that as well. And since this is traditionally a quarterback award, there's no real quarterbacks who have just been killing it. There's mm. been running away mm. with this particular award. So you know for a running back. To win this award, you need to have, you know, traditionally 2,000 yards rushing, 20-plus touchdowns, a la LT, Sean Alexander, Adrian Peterson, the last three backs to win it. 
The only defensive player to ever win this award was LT, and there are no LTs in the league anymore. Mm. So like I said, through my brilliant analysis, mm. Hill is going to win this award and become the first wide receiver to ever do it. I love how my counterpart from the jump contradicts who he thinks is going to be the person by saying out loud that nobody else has won this award as a wide receiver. And that's because it's important who's throwing you the ball. Like, ultimately, folks, I know that it's predominantly for the quarterback, like you mentioned, LaDainian Tomlinson there, but it's because it's the quarterback who's driving. The quarterback has the wheel. And and he would not be where he at, he is statistically without Tua. So here's what makes someone an MVP, folks. Here's what's, what makes you an MVP. If you get pulled from the team, does your team still win? That's why it's predominantly a quarterback. If you take Tua out of Miami, then he doesn't get those stats. If you take Tua out of Miami, then they are not going to the Super Bowl like Johnny so claims. So I disagree completely. Great stats. Great year, Pro Bowl, first election, whatever you want to do, but not an MVP. Sorry, you're wrong, Johnny Cinco. For me, it's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. And listen, folks, here's why. Nine and three record. Don't tell me that you expected the Ravens to be nine and three this season without Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are nowhere close to nine and three. That's my point. 68 thank you for clapping Dolphins are 88 with the bye week 68 percent completion this season most of his career destroying his average he's on his way to having the most passing yards of his career this season and he's still rushing when he needs to rush there's no clear like they have in, like in Miami they have two elite wide receivers there is no clear wide receiver one option this season They're running with rookie Zay Flowers, who I have in my team. Uh, (laughs) They traded away Marquise Brown over the summer. A division with Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. And they're above them all. They have wins against the Bengals, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Texans. All of them when they had winning records at one point or another. So, folks, Florida Man Sports Podcast, it's no freaking question. Lamar Jackson is your MVP, folks. You're welcome. No, <laughs> There's no one in the QB position that's running away with it. Like in Lamar's MVP season, he had significantly higher numbers. Right now, Lamar Jackson, before this last week here, had as many turnovers as he did touchdown passes. Because why? Because the worst thing about quarterbacks that run is that they can run. Just endless fumbles. He doesn't throw as many picks as he used to, but he still fumbles the ball because he goes to run. A quarterback, a run-first quarterback, is never going to win a Super Bowl. It's not going to happen with Jackson. It's not going to happen with any quarterback who chooses to run first. So since there's nobody really lighting it up in the QB position, they're just really good, and Jackson's having a really good season, who is going to have a dominant season is Tyreek Hill. In that wide receiver position, Tua has cooled off. Still a solid, solid candidate for MVP, but he has really cooled off. Who has not? Who is consistently getting 10 receptions, 100 yards, a touchdown every game is Tyreek Hill. I win. Mike Drake. Did you just buy? Oh, you just took my mind. Drake. Just took my mind. Look. <laughs> Look, folks, the MVP battle, it's going to be a debate that it's going to continue as we close out the NFL season. 
ultimately, I definitely disagree with you, Johnny, on it. We'll see how these weeks go because, again, two is the one throwing him the ball. But I digress. Let's move on to what's important at this point in the NFL season, Cinco, and that is the waiver wire. The trade yeah. deadline's coming to an end, and people need to know who they have to pick up in the waiver wire. Who do you got to recommend? I mean, for me, it's simple. It's Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth. Oh, I was about to punch in the throat. Go ahead. Right, go ahead. He's coming off IR. And right now for Pittsburgh, he just gave you 21 points in this newly vamped Pittsburgh offense. Looks like it's going to use their tight end heavily. He had a season high, nine receptions, 11 targets. That's Kelsey-type numbers. That's wide receiver one-type numbers. Pick him up this week before somebody else does. He's only actually set up in about 41% of actual rosters and ESPN right now, which is very surprising because nobody expected it to do anything. Pick him up before somebody else does. So I, I got to give you credit, Donnie. You, uh, you picked the right team, wrong player. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's why, folks. When there's an a, a offense like the, the Steelers where they just got revamped with a new offensive coordinator and they're doing movement, there is a lot to be excited about. Uh-huh. But it's going to start and end with the quarterback position. So for me, the top waiver wire oh pick this no. this week, folks. Listen, no. it's Kenny oh Pickett. My God. Kenny Pickett rostered in 15% of ESPN leagues, folks. He is the real deal. If you listen to me in previous episodes and you stashed him, here's where he's going to pay dividends this week. After the offensive coaching changes, he gave you 421 total yards. That wasn't an accident. That was with bad weather. This week, when the Bills, Bears, Vikings, Ravens all have bye weeks, Johnny, and you need a quarterback to give you 20-plus points, it's Pickett to Pickens, folks. Kenny Pickett is back. 20-plus points this week. You can thank me next week on Twitter. Hashtag FM Sports. I like how Mic you drop. I like how you mentioned that 421 uh, um, yards of offense. Like, Kenny Pickett had anything to do with that. Like, he had about half of it to do with that. You can't take credit for what the rushing attack does. So, like, no. It's not half. Tired of being right. It's not. Like, listen. The tight end where they throw. It's, it's really the, honestly, the way the system, the way that the Matt Canada was fired. Now it's coming down to what they're utilizing. And it appears they're going with a very New England Patriots style of offense. Which oh, is going to go ahead oh, and passes to, um, to their tight end. So uh, it's, oh, it's very clear. Okay. He, had, he had more targets than All any right. of the wide receivers that were on point. Okay. And they, their offense they went ahead, didn't get points, but their yards were there. Oh. And most of his yards, where did they go to? It went to their tight end. Don't rely on the quarterback. Oh, rely on the tight end. You, you know, I, I got I to tell you. I got to tell you. What do you got to tell me? We, we both, I'm going to give credit where credit is due, Johnny. As of late, finally, you've been on fire with your waiver pick. So I do hope that people listen. I'm not high on that guy, but maybe you're right about him. You know, I, But we both picked the same team anyway. So I, that, that says something. They're, they're yeah, going to have a good week. It's actually very similar as last week where I picked Reed and you picked Love. And both, t- both players just performed yeah. outstanding. You know, so it continues to works out there. So you can't go wrong with our picks. There you go. So this pack week, this past week was exciting in the NFL. And while your Florida team didn't fare so well, let's go ahead and pivot to the NBA and talk about the two Florida teams that are doing quite well. Let's start with 
the early surprise in the East, the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic. How? First place, go ahead and talk to me about them, but please try to contain yourself. Can you put your pants back on, please? Let me talk about the Orlando Magic. Put them back on. Listen, Johnny, uh, I, I was hyped into what you were saying up until the point where you say nobody expected. Stop with the nobody expected because the fans who are just tuning in now are not going to know that I've been saying this since the summer because as a diehard Magic fan, I have been saying this. Don't sleep on Orlando. Orlando's in the playoffs this year, which in the beginning, if you go back to episode one, you were not saying that. So give me the credit when it's due. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't saying it. Yeah, as of this recording. And you were saying it, As of this recording, the number two team in the East, 12 and 5, Winners of seven in a row, including the Celtics, Nuggets, Raptors, Pacers, part of that seven, by the way. It's the Orlando freaking Magic. And and I want to say this with some pride. The Orlando Magic are the hottest team in basketball right now. I don't care about the East or the West. It doesn't matter. And, and the reason why I say this emphatically and why I'm so excited, Cinco, is because it's a long NBA season. We're going to go through losing droughts. We're going to be the fifth, sixth seed. We're going to go up and down. But for right now, let's let's give the Magic the credit when it's freaking due. And, and let's enjoy that we are at this position right now. I, I said that this would happen. I made those gut clutch calls. I said Orlando would have a better record than Miami and that both teams would be in the playoffs and look at where we are. So now, <sighs> before I get your take, God. before I get your take, I have some stuff to say. The sure. one, the you dynamic more? duo. More? Yep. Before we go, the dynamic duo is on fire. They love to play together and it's working. Bankero and Wagner. Our sixth man of the year. Give him the award now. Cole Anthony. (laughs) Just give the kid the award. Sixth man of the year. Defensive powerhouse that is Jonathan Isaac. It rubs off to the entire team. Hashtag. He liked my tweet. Hashtag. I got his shoes. Let's go, Jonathan Isaac. Now, while we're still missing three-point efficiency, that's, that's, that's our Achilles heel right now, just knowing that we're waiting for Fultz and Carter to come back from injury. Two starters just shows how powerful this Magic team is this season, Johnny. Let's go. Now, props to Jonathan Isaac. Outstanding first name. And <laughs> the shoes are fire. Yep. Let's go. But I've been hearing <laughs> about the Magic every year. I've, you know, you don't know Chris like I know Chris. And, uh, you know, we've known each other most of our lives. So I've been hearing about this for 20 years. I have the Magic. They're doing it. They're doing it. Doing it. So, yes, I'm sorry that this year. So we're like, I told you. You can't give me the I told you so. Okay? It's not happening. The, they're doing the Magic. What I said needed to be done in the preseason. Okay? In the preseason. Oh, I'm going to hit you with a bat. What did I say in the preseason? I said, you need to have multiple players. Majority of your your, your starters... And you're you're even a six man to averaging double digits. You have six players averaging double digits in points, led by Bancaro Fogner, respectively, at 19.8, 19.5 points per game. What I'm most impressed by by this team is not the seven game win streak or the wins, tough wins against Boston, against the defending champion Denver Nuggets. It's that their average margin of victory is 12.7. They're not just winning. They're winning convincingly. So that, for me, is showing real promise. But I will remind you, it's early in the season. It is. It is. So calm down. It is. It is. I put my but, pants back up. I put my pants but, back up. But, 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 <laughs> thank you for that. I was getting uncomfortable. 
but calm down. But great start, Orlando. Let's continue this trend. Let's continue to move forward. So it's not an accident, yeah. Okay. You've talked about the Orlando. We see what they've done. We've continued to see it there. Let's talk about the other team in Florida. The Caliente. Miami Heat. Caliente. Don't say it again. <laughs> the Miami Heat. What's going on in Miami? What's your take? Yes. So, look, the Miami Heat, as of this recording, they're 10-7. and 7. They remind me a lot of the Orlando Magic of old. And here's what oh, I mean by that. The Orlando. Of yeah. old. Here's, here's what I mean. The injury bug has hit them early in the season. But they're not reacting the way Orlando Magic of now is reacting. Meaning, they're not doing a very good job when it comes to the next man up. They're really not. This is a crazy, crazy stat. Jamie Jaquez Jr. is the only Miami Heat player to play in all of 17 games this season. The only one. That's insane. That's like an insane stat for you to still have a winning record. And for you to play the way that you're doing, that goes back to the fact that you've got a good team and a good coach, but it's still not acceptable. So again, I want this team to get healthy and I want them to to have a good idea of the next man up. So here's what they need to address, right? They have eight games without their big three playing together. Butler is out for tonight's game, Cinco. So that just goes to show, right? Insult to injury. And then the other thing that Miami needs to address, even though they're doing well so far, is Nikola Jovic. He's played in three games all season, averaging 15 freaking minutes per game. This kid is frustrated. He has every right to be. He exploded during FIBA World Cup. He was, and I was for that matter, expecting him to come back and have a big part of this team, especially since they did nothing during the offseason waiting for that Lillard trade. What the Heat have done with Jovic so far is not acceptable. So get healthy, get your big three playing, but give Jovic a part. He deserves to have a part in this team, and I feel like they'll have more success for the Miami Heat going forward. I mean, a lot of praise for the Orlando Magic and a lot of criticism for the Miami Heat, who are two games behind the Magic with a record of 10-7. and But you know why, right? And it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter. Oh At the end of the God. day, you're over here knocking one team and, and praising the other, and they're two games behind. Butler is nowhere to be seen, and there's still tens of... Bam and Hero, they lead this team in points. 22.9, 22.7, followed by Butler at 20.7. But this team will be fine. They will be in the thick of it when it's all said and done. As they have a better core than the Magic. Heat, you know, at their own. They had their own seven-game win streak, but they lost the last two. Now, with the exception of the last, of of really the two games, they've been in every game, every single game, and they lost by a margin of four points. That's always been there in everything with except those two points. Mm -hmm. So they could just as easily be 15-2 and as 10-7. and That's just how this game works sometimes. I look forward to that Magic Heat matchup once this year. At some point this year, I know they're going to face each other. All this show is going to be good when it comes down to that. Yeah, but but to that, there's two points I want to make to that, Johnny. One, the reason why I'm so critical on Miami and why I'm so high on Orlando, not because I'm a fan, because I like both teams. This is Florida Man Podcast, right? I I want both teams to be successful. It's that the, the NBA is like the stock market, and the Magic are trending up. 
And Miami, because of where they are in their record, just two games behind, they're not trending up. They've got a lot of question marks. And so hopefully they can address it while they have a winning record. That's my point. Hopefully they can address it. And my second point that I'm making with Miami is this, folks. Talking about that series that's going to happen. If that series happens or when it happens, I hope that they're healthy. I want to see a healthy starting five versus a healthy starting five. Miami fans, Orlando fans, you guys can agree with that. I want to see what that we, game looks we, like. We all want healthy yeah. players in any sport because we want to see the best versus Absolutely. the best. Both teams have had seven-game win streaks. Yep. Cur- the, the Magic is currently, you know, it hasn't been snapped yet. But the, 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 the Heat, it was. But still, it comes down to two-game difference. Yeah. I want to see how both teams match up to prove how I'm right and Chris is wrong. <laughs> Look, folks, the NBA season is still early on. I'm just very happy that both Florida teams are in it to win it. So the hashtag LFG, let's keep that going in the East. There's a lot of good stuff going in the East. A lot of predictable stuff, I might add, in the East. But let's switch gears, Johnny. Let's talk about the West because the West is a complete it, – it's a showdown. It's, it's crazy. And let me give you a couple of highlights because I want to get your take on this. I've said this before. The West is out of control. Johnny, you said that Minnesota would be a good team, but don't tell me that you expect them to be number one at this point. Yeah, they would be, oh, oh, just let me see, right? But you know, I don't think you expect them to be 12 and 4, number one overall, is what I'm saying. OKC, I knew that they would be in the playoffs this year. I didn't expect them to be the number two team in the West. That's that's a little weird, right? The Rockets, nobody expected them. They're number seven. I can't say I expected that one. And then the Golden State Warriors, one game from being out of the play-in, nobody expected that. The Clippers are number 11. They're not even in the playoffs right now with James Harden and that stupid trade. And then lastly, for West surprises, Johnny, I'm surprised that Pop led a team to a 3-14 and record. We were expecting the Spurs to be on a rebuild, but I did not expect the 3-14 and Spurs to be last place with the rookie. So just the wild, wild West. I mean, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on this I mean, crazy West. Let's just all calm down. We're, we're less than 20 games into the season. So you can always pick up on the high of highs and then pick up also on the low of lows. It's all said and done. Yes, there's certain things I didn't expect, certain things I did. Minnesota, I've talked about, you know, like uh, what I expected from them. They did well. OKC, that's a surprise. Good young talent coming out. They're showing two. up. They're really – but it's still early. Right. S- San Antonio, I mean, they're a rookie. Now – Wemby is Wemby. He's playing lights out. Really the top candidate as so far as the rookie of the year. But did you expect him to lead his team? That's not how it works. A rookie is not leading his team to anything in the NBA. It, it may work for the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud. It's not going to work in the NBA as a rookie. It's not. So or- Orlando, Orlando won more games. Uh, you know, last year with Bancaro, though, uh, you got to, you got to, that, that has to, to mean to this something. Point. To, right. To, to this three, point, three yes. 14, Johnny, so, come so on. It, to this point, yes. Yeah. But still, there's so much season left. I'm not really, out of the East, the biggest surprise to me, I know we're talking about the West, is Orlando. Orlando, like you've been, you've been talking about forever, is it really just lights out, so they're surprise. showing that they have some grit. So at the West, What's the biggest surprise? I'm sure. The Rockets? The Rockets, I didn't expect much from. They're right there on the cusp of it. Don't but, tell me that you expected the Timberwolves to be number one right now. It is early. No, You're not right. Not number one. Yeah, they that's, that's number crazy. One, but I expected them in top the top five. I expect them. Okay. They're not going to be in the play, and they're in it. So when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, mm. I expect the Timberwolves to be in that top five mix. I expect the Denver Nuggets to be atop of that list. There's other teams that are question marks. 
like you mentioned the Clippers or the guys. The yeah, Clippers. they're on the outside. If the season ended today, they're on the outside, right? So let as me, they should be for so, picking up Harden. So, so let me ask you this then. Okay, so let's, let's play. It's early, and you're absolutely right. Houston may be out of it when it's all said and done, but for right now, for right now, they're the seventh team as of this recording. So let me throw this at you then. Golden State is eight and nine. They have a losing record, but they're still in the play-in. Are, goal, are the Golden State Warriors going to make the playoffs? They're going to make the playoffs. Okay. The, okay. the Golden State didn't have the. They weren't a top seed last year. Mm-hmm. And Golden State and Steph and, and Seth Curry, you know, it's still they very much. I apologize. Like to choke people out. I apologize in advance to you, Chris. Mm-hmm. They very much remind me of the New England Patriots. Oh my! The Tom God. Brady New Patriots. Jesus Christ! It's been year and year out to where they count out this team. Just very much like they caught it out, Tom Brady, the Patriots. I'm like, all right, all right, you had your your championships, you're done. And they're in it every year. They're in it. They're in the mix of it. And this year, very much so, like they're in the mix of it. I'm not going to count out Golden State Warriors. They're in it because of of Curry, because of the team, because of the coach. Okay, so you're counting them in. You've ran out of Tom Brady references, by the way, for the rest of the show. The LA Clippers, they are out by a game right now. The hardened mess, we both agree that's a fiasco. Are It's early, so are the LA Clippers going to figure this out? Are they going to make it into the playoffs? They should on paper. Listen, I, mean. I, don't, I don't think they're going to make it in the playoffs traditionally. They have an opportunity to make it in in the play-in. Okay. But Harden's a cancer. This is a, a, a type of player that you really don't want in your team. I don't care how high his skill level is when he's age or his skill level has dropped off. But he's a very selfish me, me, me player. We saw that in every single stop in his career. And I understand he started his career at OKC. He wanted to show he's better than Westbrook. He, he wanted to see what he wants. So that chip on his shoulder has carried him through his entire career. It's made him some money. But now is the time where he needs to kind of calm down and be a team player, and he's shown that he's not capable of being that guy. So why the heck is he going to be that guy with the Clippers? It's not happening. They're not going to figure it out. He's, the play-in is the the long shot, is the miracle that they have if they're able to figure out in the end of the season. Right now, first half, it's not happening. Yeah, and only thing, my thoughts with the Clippers is this. I feel so bad for Russell Westbrook because – they're not going to figure it out. And towards the trade deadline, they're going to be looking to make moves. And they're going to have to put their tail between their legs. And they're going to have to keep Harden. They're not going to retrade Harden because they can't. So Russell Westbrook is going to be the short man out, unfortunately. And he's going to end up getting traded or released or whatever because this can't continue. There's too much talent within the big three of Paul, George, Leonard, and of course now Harden uh, for them to not make the playoffs. So if this continues... I hate to say this, but Westbrook's getting traded or released again. Poor guy. He's been like seven teams now in the last seven years, it feels like. Yeah, I don't feel as bad for Westbrook. Westbrook is, for me, another selfish player that kind of just does his own thing. And he gets... But he had a role here. He had a role with the Clippers. I mean, you got to give him that. You a role you like. He ain't winning any championships. At the end of the day, you have to make the others around you better. And you get mixed up because, oh, he's averaged triple doubles. Yeah, you can average a double if you really focus on your stats. There was uh, many years where Carmelo Anthony was so focused on scoring 30 points. That's all he cared about. And in this, what, what Westbrook, there was many years when he was really focused on doing that. 
didn't really make the other team, other players around him better. And that's why it's uh, so many stops. He hasn't really had a chance. He had one shot at a championship early in his career because he had Harden in his rookie, his early years, and he had obviously Durant in his early years. Where everybody's hungry, they're not as selfish. They're trying to figure it out. Since then, they wanted to make their money. They wanted to make their name, right. and they haven't really escaped from that. So well, no. Well, this is last call, and just something else came to mind as we close out the show here, Johnny, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. I was talking about the Spurs, how they're three and fourteen. They're last in the West. Well, the Memphis Grizzlies are right there as well at 3 and 13, second to last. And the reason why I want to bring them up real quick before we close this thing out is because Jay Morant, if that, you know, you, you got to wonder, right? Jay Morant, I, I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back healthy, rejuvenated, ready to go. But ultimately, if and when they don't make the playoffs, this is exactly why you have to blame a guy like Morant for being out and being suspended these games because nobody wants, nobody expected the Grizzlies to be three games, only three wins this, you know, at this point in the season. Well, it's like Dave Chappelle said, when keeping it real goes wrong. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like somebody's trying to keep it real, trying to be a thug. Dude, you're, you made it out. You made it out of the hood. You're a multi-millionaire fame fortune. Stop waving guns around. Stop being a moron. And you're doing these things and that's what's happening. It's costing you just time is costing you your legacy. And really, at the end of the day, it's going to cost you any real championships with that Memphis Grizzlies team. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's another week in sports, Chris. Yes, sir. Another episode of the FM Sports Podcast. Please join us next week as we continue to go over sports from the perspective of the Florida man. That's this is Johnny. That's Chris. We out. Thank you.